So good evening. Here we are again. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't really zero in on what I wanted to offer you at um, this opportunity. So it might be a lot of different places I might be going. But what I did think would be helpful or useful is if I did a little bit of a talk on the F word. That would be forgiveness. Yeah, one of the ones that we, you know, it's kind of like we have these four Brahma Viharas, but there's these three other heart qualities. Forgiveness, gratitude, and generosity, which are not byproducts, but are actually outgrowths and um, engaged with the Brahma Viharas that you all have been working with. So forgiveness, what is that? You know me, dictionary. To grant pardon for or remission of an offense, a debt, etc. Absolve. To give up all claim on account of to grant pardon, to cease to feel resentment against, to cancel an indebtedness or liability of, to pardon an offense or an offender. Jack Cornfield says, forgiveness is giving up all hope for a different past. He also said that traditionally the work of the heart begins with forgiveness. Forgiveness is the necessary ground for any healing. First, we need a wise understanding of forgiveness and then we can learn how it's practiced. This leads to understanding of how we may forgive ourselves and others. Forgiveness is a letting go of past suffering and betrayal, a release of the burden of pain and hate that we carry. Forgiveness honors the heart's greatest dignity Whenever we are lost, it brings us back to the foundation of love. With forgiveness, we become unwilling to attack or wish harm to another. Whenever we forgive, in a small way at home or in great ways between nations, we free ourselves from the past. Even those in the worst situations, whether entire countries like Ukraine, Northern Ireland, not Northern Ireland, South Africa, have had to find a path to reconciliation with its lumps, its bumps, and false starts included. This is, as we all hopefully are aware, true also of us here in America as we have sorely failed to achieve this balance. 
in many, if not most, situations. Sometimes this means finding the courage to forgive the unforgivable, to consciously release the heart from the clutches of another's terrible acts. It is imperative that we discover a way to move on from the past, no matter what trauma is held there. Not forgiving impedes the flowering of compassion in our practice and our lives. Even if we cannot see it in these terms, we can understand that no one but ourselves can make ourselves suffer mentally. Our blame is often telling us where we need to reach more deeply for the compassion that can forgive. The fear of disappointment can lead us to close our hearts, to mistrust others, and to isolate ourselves. Then life becomes full of fear and loneliness. It is not only the failures and imperfections of others that lead to grief and anger, It is our own losses as well that lead to suffering. Health turns to illness. Youth turns to age. Vigor begins to fade. We must learn to live with kindness and integrity and forgive ourselves when we appear to fail. We have so many expectations and opinions of how we should be. And when we fall short of our standards, we suffer the same shame and blame on ourselves that we project onto others. We strive to be better, strive to move beyond blame, and in the relentless pursuit of our ideals, we stop listening to the pain that is born of these impossible demands on ourselves. We think the pain is our fault, some personal failure, some error we have made. We then, from this place, become lost in judgment and are unable to have calm and the openness to forgive ourselves for being human. The illness in our body, the confusion in our minds, our most fierce opponent or enemy, the events we feel most threatened by, all of this asks for gentleness of heart, kindness, forgiveness, and compassion. It is important to remember that forgiveness is an ongoing process. We can make the decision to not add to the fires of hatred and bitterness when it is a part of our experience. Just by making this decision, we can add ease and progress to the development of our practice. The Buddha said, hatred will never cease by hatred. Hatred can only cease by love. 
through our practice, we can come to understand what is possible for the human heart. When our hearts and minds are full of anger and hatred towards others, we are actually the ones who are suffering, caught in the vice of this mind state. It's not easy to access the place inside which can forgive, which can love. In some ways, to be able to forgive, to let go, calls for a type of dying. It is the willingness and ability to say, I am not that person anymore. And you are not that person anymore. And we are no longer caught in the cycle of aggression and hurt. Forgiveness allows us to recapture some part of ourselves that was left behind in bondage to a past event. Some part of the identity may also need to die in the letting go so that there can be a reclamation of the energy that has been bound up in the past. In order to be released from deeply held aversion for ourselves and others, we must practice forgiveness. Forgiveness has the power to bring forth forces of purity and love in the heart-mind and affirm the qualities of patience and compassion. When we remain mentally enslaved by our past actions or the actions of others, we cannot live life fully in the present. Practicing forgiveness creates the space for renewal and a life free from bondage to the past. Practicing forgiveness Practicing forgiveness creates the space for renewal and a life free from bondage to the past. In some sense, it is much more difficult to forgive than not to forgive. And forgiveness does not mean condoning a harmful action or denying injustice or suffering. We should never confuse forgiveness with being passive towards violation or abuse. We must be the one to discern with consideration whether the cost is worth the price we are paying by holding on or being right. The sense of psychological and spiritual well-being that comes from practicing forgiveness comes directly because this practice takes us directly to our edge, our edge of what we can accept. Being on the edge is challenging, oftentimes wrenching, but always transforming. The process of forgiveness demands courage, requires fortitude, and a commitment to our continual remembering where our deepest happiness lies. Forgiveness is a gesture of liberation in the service 
of liberation. Forgiveness liberates us from what has passed, from the burden of resentment and fear. Understanding our enemy may be a part of forgiveness. Longfellow wrote, If we could read the secret history of our enemies, enemy being a person that harms or weakens us or somebody else, we should see sorrow and suffering enough to disarm all hostility. We share with our enemies the fear of pain and isolation, the anxiety that leads to armoring and the capacity to be hurt. We share with our enemy all the confused and deluded activity that can be generated to protect ourselves from hurt, which most often and sadly results in more pain. Understanding our enemies does not excuse their unwholesomeness or unskillful actions, nor does it diminish the pain we may feel as a result of those actions. Understanding and clear comprehension reveals that as long as any heart is governed by fear and self-cherishing, a trail of hurt and pain will be left in its wake. Forgiveness is an expression of the commitment to not add to a mountain of suffering. The Buddha also urged us to live in joy amongst those who hate, in peace amongst those who war, in equanimity amidst those who fear. This is the home called freedom. We may feel that forgiveness is hard or even almost impossible, and that may be true. But we pay a much higher price for not forgiving. As Goeth said, Our friends show us what we can do. Our enemies show us what we must do. Forgiveness for ourselves and the myriad number of ways we can harm ourselves and others is the embodiment of compassion. Forgiveness for those who have harmed us free us to live in the present rather than being bound to the past. Through this understanding flows a reconciling and a reclamation for each of us, which then moves us ever closer to the true freedom of the heart-mind. It is then that there is space enough and the soil rich enough that flowers joy. No mud, no lotus. Yeah, so just take in a deep breath. And another.
And one last one. I think I felt even though forgiveness is kind of a challenging one to approach and engage, that I would be remiss to not bring it forward, to add to the cadre of things that you are engaging with with your mind and heart. And as I listen to many of you speak in the uh, groups today, it occurred to me that underneath some of the experiences that you were having, some of the aversion that was present, um, was a whole lot of opportunity for some forgiveness to come forward, whether it was self-forgiveness or forgiveness of others. So now I'm going to just um, read some quotes, some observances. Just want you to really sit there comfortably and let this wash over you. Let it purify the energy. Gil Fransdahl says, I have come to understand that the overall message of the Dhammapada is not to avoid the world, but rather to avoid being attached. While initial appearances may sometimes suggest a negating message, I believe that the issue in the Dhamma is neither negating nor affirming of the world. The issue is becoming free of clinging to the world. For those who take this challenge, the resulting freedom helps us live in the world as wisely as possible, which includes experiencing joy. Welcome to this moment of opportunity to practice this methodology for liberation. The opportunity to cultivate these qualities of mind and heart that can take us to freedom. This opportunity to become aware of the filters and know the liberating power of awareness. The Dalai Lama. Happiness is not something ready-made. It comes from your own actions. When you think everything is someone else's fault, you will suffer a lot. When you realize that everything springs only from yourself, you will learn both peace and joy. When you have a more compassionate mind and cultivate warm-heartedness, the whole atmosphere around you becomes more positive and friendlier. You see friends everywhere. If you feel fear and distrust, then other people will distance themselves. They will also feel cautious, suspicious, and distrust. Then comes the feeling of loneliness. 
When someone is warm-hearted, they're always completely relaxed. If you live with fear and consider yourself as something special, then automatically, emotionally, you are distracted from others. You then create the basis for feelings of alienation from others and loneliness. The paradox is that all the drive behind excessive self-focus is to seek greater happiness for yourself. It ends up doing exactly the opposite. When you focus too much on yourself, you become disconnected and alienated from others. In the end, you also become alienated from yourself since the need for connection with others is such a fundamental part of who we are as human beings. The purpose of our lives is to be happy. Compassion is the radicalism of our time. Amanda Gorman, youngest poet laureate in the United States. The first buds of spring sing the other seeds into joining her uprising. Love's greatest gift is its ability to make everything it touches sacred. Sorrow prepares you for joy. It violently sweeps everything out of your house so that new joy can find space to enter. It shakes the yellow leaves from the bow of your heart so that fresh green leaves can grow in their place. It pulls up the rotten roots so that new roots hidden beneath have room to grow. Whatever sorrow shakes from your heart, far better things will take their place. When you feel a peaceful joy, that's when you are near the truth. Everyone sees the unseen in proportion to the clarity of their heart. Be empty of worrying. Think of who created thought. Why do you stay in prison when the door is wide open? Move outside the tangle of fear thinking. Live in silence. Seek the wisdom that will untie your knot. Seek the path that demands your whole being. The Guest House by Rumi. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, 
a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. They may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Hafiz says, Every since happiness heard your name, it's been running through the streets trying to find you. Tell everyone you know, my happiness depends on me, so you're off the hook, and then demonstrate it. Be happy no matter what, and before you know it, you will not give anyone else responsibility for the way you feel, and then you'll love them all. Choose joy. It takes courage to turn your back on the shore of alluring promise. The safe land of strain and sacrifice leading you astray on an empty quest. But the place that you seek is a sea of delight. And only a joyful heart will make port in the haven of happiness. From the Buddha, joy comes not through possession or ownership, but through a wise and loving heart. Joy and openness come from our own Contented heart. Joy Harjo, remember. Remember the sky that you were born under. Know each of the stars' stories. Remember the moon. Know who she is. Remember the sun's birth at dawn. That is the strongest point of time. Remember sundown and the giving away to night. Remember your birth, how your mother struggled to give you form and breath. You are evidence of her life and her mother's and hers. Remember your father, he is your life also. Remember the earth whose skin you are, red earth, 
black earth, yellow earth, white earth, brown earth. We are earth. Remember the plants, trees, animal life who all have their tribes, their families, their histories too. Talk to them, listen to them. They are alive poems. Remember the wind. Remember her voice. She knows the origin of this universe. Remember you are all people and all people are you. Remember, you are this universe, and this universe is you. Remember, all is in motion, is growing, is you. Remember, language comes from this. Remember, the dance language is, that life is. Remember. When we are caught in a belief that happiness should take a particular form, we fail to see the opportunities for joy that are right in front of us. People say walking on water is a miracle, but to me, walking peacefully on earth is the real miracle. That was Thich Nhat Hanh. Maya Angelou, a bird does not sing because it has an answer. It sings because it has a song. My mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive, and to do so with some passion, some compassion, some humor, and some style. Courage is the most important virtue because without courage, one can't practice any other virtue. There is always enough light if only we're brave enough to see it. If only we're brave enough to be it. We need to learn how to want what we have, not to have what we want in order to get steady and stable happiness. Also from the Dalai Lama, every day think as you wake up Today I am fortunate to have woken up. I am alive. I have a precious human life. I am not going to waste it. I am going to use all of my energies to develop myself, 
to expand my heart to others, to achieve enlightenment for the benefit of all beings. I am going to have kind thoughts towards others. I am not going to get angry or think badly about others. I am going to benefit others as much as I can. If you think you are too small to make a difference, try sleeping with a mosquito. (laughs) An open heart is an open mind. I believe that the very purpose of our life is to seek happiness. That is clear. Whether one believes in religion or not, whether one believes in this religion or that religion, we are all seeking something better in life. So, I think, the very motion of our lives is towards happiness. This is my simple religion. There is no need for temples, no need for complicated philosophy. Our own brain, our own heart is our temple. The philosophy is kindness. Today is your day to dance lightly with life. Sing wild songs of adventure. Soar your spirit. Unfurl your joy. And lastly, a little story. That encompasses all of this, forgiveness, joy, equanimity, loving kindness. This is from the Book of Joy, Conversations Between the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. Anthony Ray Henson spent 30 years on death row for a crime he did not commit. He was working in a locked factory at the time of the crime that he was being accused of. When he was arrested in the state of Alabama in the United States, he was told by the police officers that he would be going to jail because he was black. He spent 30 years in a five-by-seven-foot cell in solitary confinement. Allowed out only one hour a day. During this time on death row, Hinton became a counselor and friend, not only to the other inmates, 54 of whom were put to death, but to the death row guards, many of whom begged Hinton's attorneys to get him out. When a unanimous Supreme Court ruling ordered his release, he was finally able to walk free 
One does not know the value of freedom until one has it taken away, he told me. People run out of the rain. I run into the rain. How can anything that falls from heaven not be precious? Having missed the rain for so many years, I am so grateful for every drop, just to feel it on my face. When Hinton was interviewed on the American television show 60 Minutes, the interviewer asked whether he was angry at those who had put him in jail. He responded that he had forgiven all the people who had sent him to jail. The interviewer incredulously asked, but they took 30 years of your life. How can you not be angry? Hinton responded, if I'm angry and unforgiving, they will have taken the rest of my life. Unforgiveness robs us of our ability to enjoy and appreciate our life because we are trapped in a past filled with anger and bitterness. Forgiveness allows us to move beyond the past and appreciate the present, including the drops of rain falling on our face. Whatever life gives to you, Brother Steindl Rast explains, you can respond with joy. Joy is the happiness that does not depend on what happens. It is the grateful response to the opportunity that life offers you at this moment. Hinton is a powerful example of the ability to respond with joy despite the most horrendous circumstances. As we were driving in a taxi in New York, he told me, the world didn't give me your joy and the world can't take it away from me. You can let people come into your life and destroy it, but I refused to let anyone take my joy. I get up in the morning and I don't need anyone to make me laugh. I'm going to laugh on my own because I have been blessed to see another day. And when you're blessed to see another day, that should automatically give you joy. I don't walk around saying, man, I ain't got a dollar in my pocket. I don't care about having a dollar in my pocket. What I care about is what I've been blessed to see, the sunrise. Do you know how many people had money but didn't get up this morning? So which is better? To have a billion dollars and not wake up? Or to be broke and wake up? I'll take being broke and waking up any day of the week. I told the CNN interviewer in June that I had $3.50 in my pocket. And for some reason that day, I was just the happiest I have ever been. She said, with $3.50? I said, you know... My mom never raised us to get out. The archbishop had described, I'm sorry, never raised us to get out there and make as much money as we can. My mom told us about true happiness. She told us that when you are happy, then when folks hang around you, they become happy. 
I just look at all the people who have so much, but they are not happy. Yes, I did 30 long years, day for day, in a five by seven. And you've got some people that have never been to prison, never spent one day or one hour or one minute, but they are not happy. I ask myself, why is that? I can't tell you why they are not happy, but I can tell you that I'm happy because I choose to be happy. Thank you for your listening. Let's sit for a moment. With gratitude, I remember the people, animals, plants, insects, creatures of the sky and sea, air and water, fire and earth, all whose joyful exertion blesses my life every day. With gratitude, I remember the care and labor of a thousand generations of elders and ancestors who came before me. I offer my gratitude for the safety and well-being I have been given. I offer my gratitude for the blessings of this earth I have been given. I offer my gratitude for whatever measure of health I have been given. I offer my gratitude for the family and friends I have been given. I offer my gratitude for the community I have been given. I offer my gratitude for the teachings and lessons I have been given. I offer my gratitude for the life I have been given. May the benefit of our practice be available and accessible to all beings. May there be a great embracing of generosity, of gratefulness, of forgiveness, of loving kindness, of compassion, 
of sympathetic joy, of equanimity. Time for walking. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.